everyone. This is Tom Salemi of Device Talks. Welcome to our newest podcast, Striker Talks. Few companies in the medical device industry touch the entire spectrum of healthcare like Striker. From accident scenes to ERs, from ORs to patient rooms, Striker delivers the supplies, tools, and devices used to provide patients with the highest quality of care. In this podcast, we'll talk with the company's leaders to gain a better understanding of how innovation, new technologies, and teamwork will further Striker's mission. Let's go. Hey everybody, this is Tom Salemi of Device Talks. Welcome to this episode of Striker Talks. Today, I am speaking with Mike Panos. He is president of Trauma and Extremities at Striker. We talked a lot about Mike's path into medtech. He started off actually wanting to be a teacher and a football coach, but quickly fell in love with Striker's culture. We'll uh, then get into Trauma and Extremities, where it is, where it's going, and we'll talk a lot about Wright Medical, the integration of Wright Medical and the acquisition of Tournier. So lots going on for Strikers Trauma and Extremities Division, and very happy to have Mike Panos on the program. But before we begin this episode, I'd like to bring in our great sponsor, TicoMet. I'm speaking with Art Burkout. He is the Executive Vice President of Sales and Business Development at TicoMet. Art, tell us about TicoMet. Yes, TicoMet is the world's largest contract manufacturer and steadfast partner to the orthopedic industry. We provide uh, precision contract manufacturing and technology solutions across implants, instruments, cases and trays, and packaging and delivery support. Uh, We operate 16 manufacturing campuses worldwide, and we specialize in multiple technology platforms for material conversion with expertise in forging, casting, etching, precision machining, additive manufacturing, and surface finishing. So Ticomet delivers innovative products and services at scale, tailored to a variety of of medtech specialties. Uh, We serve the large joint space with hip and knee products, as well as spine, sports medicine, trauma, and extremities. And then we serve robotic and minimally invasive uh, surgical specialty segments. Thanks, Art. We'll hear more from Art a little later in the program. If you'd like to find out more about Ticomet, you can go to its website. It is ticomet.com. That is T-E-C-O-M-E-T.com. Well, Mike Panos, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Tom. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. I'm excited to learn about the uh, trauma and extremities business. I know there's been a lot of change and bringing in the right properties, and I want to talk about that integration. But let's first talk about your, your path into medtech. What was your first step into this industry? Well, interestingly, I started Stryker and about 27 years ago or almost thereabouts. And, you know, I'd sort of grown up in the Boston area and gone to school in Boston and, you know, had visions of being a, maybe a teacher and a coach and, you know, realized when it was time to really look for a job that I, I really wanted to be in a, a competitive place and I wanted to really make a difference, you know, on people. And so I really started looking around and as luck would have it, I found Stryker. Uh, little did I know that Stryker was in a smallish Midwestern town, and that wasn't necessarily on my top 100 list of places to live. But <laughs> once, I, once I met those people from Stryker, Tom, I, I really fell in love and packed up with you know barely uh, anything in my car and moved to Kalamazoo, Michigan, and uh, started as a marketing associate. Wow. In yeah, in the instruments business. That's a big deal. I'll let folks know that you grew up uh, not too far from me, uh, north of Boston, and to leave the 128 highway loop is is a big deal. So to go to Kalamazoo, Michigan is uh, certainly huge. 
So what was your experience like moving to, uh, to Kalamazoo and, and what was it about Stryker that, uh, you've been, you've been with Stryker ever since something obviously, uh, stuck with you and, and you found the culture appealing. Yeah. I think what I realized that, you know, what was most important to me was less about where I lived and more about who I worked with and who I was surrounded with. And when I met the people from Stryker, I felt like we talked the same language. They had a growth mindset. They were competitive. They wanted to be the best. And, and I had a real yearning after having been a, you know, a student, an athlete, you know, to sort of just be pushed to my max and wanted to be surrounded with people that were like-minded. And I found that in Stryker and, and knowing that their mission was to really make an impact on patient lives and to serve customers the way they do. It, it was something I was attracted to. And uh, you, you moved up and onward. You uh, became vice president of sales in the surgical division, president of North American Global R&D, trauma and extremities division, and now you're president of trauma and extremities. Did you always have a, a, an idea on, on moving up in, in management? Was, was that an objective? And how did you sort of build toward that through your career? Yeah, I definitely had aspirations to, to be in a leadership position for sure. I didn't know exactly how, how and where that would lead. But I sensed that it would be in the commercial side of the business. You know, I started in marketing and worked my way up through sales and sales and marketing leadership. And certainly, there's a you know a structure uh, that exists at Stryker that I you know sort of you know knew that I wanted to ascend to a you know higher positions. And and I feel really fortunate to to you know have had the opportunity to serve in multiple capacities and try to have an impact and do your best. And every time that Stryker knocks on the door and says, "Hey, we've got a." another mountain for you to climb, you know, I was certainly willing to listen. And, and this was really attractive to be a part of the trauma and extremities, certainly right now during such a transformative time with the acquisition of right medical, with the creation of business units. And we've really set the foundation that I think we'll be able to stand on for, for decades to come within trauma and extremities. No, it's exciting. Well, let's talk about the, the mountain you're standing atop right now, trauma and extremities. Give listeners an idea of what products and what areas each accounts for. Let's first talk about trauma. What, what do you sell in trauma? Who do you treat in trauma? What kind of doctors do you sell to in trauma? So the, the trauma business serves orthopedic surgeons and every orthopedic surgeon has done trauma in their career. And it's, it's a key part of their, their residency and their formation. And some of them actually choose it full-time for their career. They do fellowship and, and those are perhaps our busiest and, and certainly our most coveted surgeons within the trauma business are the ones who wake up, eat, sweat, and breathe trauma day in and day out. They're the ones who take on the most complex surgeries. Those are the ones who are servicing you know, level one trauma centers and doing the most complex work. And those are the ones we really wake up every day trying to serve, but we are repairing fractures from head to toe. A lot of pelvic fractures, long bone fractures, things in the hands and the feet, extremities, uh, you name it, we're fixing it. Is there a lot of innovation, iteration in trauma products? Is it, Are they always, I mean, there's always a strive to make your products better, but I sometimes wonder if that's just more of kind of a nut and bolt and screw thing where it works, you don't need to really improve upon it. Or is it an area where there's always new materials, new designs really driving the, the business forward? Yep, there is certainly new designs. This this business has a storied past. Stryker really got into the trauma business three decades ago by acquisition. How Medica, which was a, at the time had been a division of Pfizer, and How Medica was also a big uh, hip and knee maker as well that resides today in our joint replacement business. But with that came a a really strong trauma business that goes back decades into surgery where 
nailing began, which is for long bone fractures. And that goes back to some of the lineage here in, in Kiel, Germany, where we started. And so some of the, the greatest implants have you know, originated from Germany where they're great with steel. And we've been able to sort of take that and to continue to evolve it over the last 30 years and make it better. Certainly there is technology involved and we continue to iterate you know, new design and improve on existing platforms. But we're also today looking at, you know, how do we find other technologies that enhance the surgeon's ability to deliver those implants? So some digital capabilities and other enabling technologies that allow the surgeon to perhaps plan better or operate better. That's great. Well, let's then talk about uh, extremities, because this is a space that's really emerged, I think, over the past decade, maybe a little bit more. It was kind of remarkable when we first saw companies forming in this space that there hadn't been a lot of attention given to two extremities. Talk about the extremity space, what sort of products you're offering here, and who are you offering to, what kind of surgeons are you working with? Well, with extremities, we've got two different businesses. Uh, So we have upper extremities, which is heavily centered around shoulder arthroplasty. And then for what Wright Medical used to call lower extremities, Stryker called it foot and ankle, and we continue to call it foot and ankle today. And it serves, as you'd imagine, the foot and the ankle. So those are the two business units that serve the extremities space. Um, Big parts of each of those businesses are arthroplasty. So uh, total ankle replacement is replacing the ankle. And and to me, that's a a core piece of that business. They are a enormous market share leader with, with, you know, untouchable technology and and proven results. So they really own that market, but they're also treating the forefoot with, you know, your basic, you know, screws and plates, treating bunions and hammer toes and every other condition that people may have with their foot or their ankle. But, you know, heavy implant business, there is technology that they use today to enhance some of those procedures, particularly total ankle, which is a very complex surgery. And similarly, in the upper extremity business where they're, you know, replacing shoulders, they are using blueprint technology, which is uh, tried and true and really proprietary for Stryker and something that really differentiates our shoulder business. So Wright Medical had the foresight to acquire a couple of different companies. One was Tournier, which was renowned in the shoulder space. And we, we've embraced that brand name and we continue to, to be proud in, in representing the Tournier brand. But it's matched with Blueprint, which was another acquisition that Wright Medical had made, uh, which is you know digital platform that allows surgeons to plan and to operate better, incorporates virtual reality as well, to allow them to do surgery better and to treat their patients in a, in a more predictable, more consistent, more accurate way. Is the shoulder, as joints go, is it, is it the one that requires the, the most type of planning? I don't know if they're all the same or if they're all different. You see knees, I think knees are mostly the same or hips. Uh, maybe I'm being ignorant about that, but shoulders just seem to be a, a, a really challenging design. Is that the case? I'd like to bring back Art Burkout, Executive Vice President of Sales and Business Development at Ticomet. Art, Ticomet works with a lot of med tech companies. What would you count as your unique capabilities? Yeah, Ticomet is is truly the leading global supplier of forged and machines implants for a wide variety of orthopedic applications, which includes hip and knee implants, and trauma and extremity plates. Uh, We operate three forging sites, uh, two in the U.S. in uh, Lansing, Michigan, and Wilmington, uh, Massachusetts, and one in the U.K. in Sheffield. 
where we have a wide variety and a large number of forging presses and machining and finishing technologies. And we start with uh, our unique uh, knowledge and capabilities in the forging tool design uh, to optimize material flow and achieve superior strength and toughness properties for the net shape uh, implant applications. And then the forging process is supported with uh, high levels of precision machining and finishing and engineering and quality support, as well as uh, CMM and optical metrology capabilities that really help us assure conformance to the uh, tightest specifications for these complex anatomical uh, implant configurations. That's great, Art. And tell me, what new investments has TikoMet made in the area? Yes, Tikamet, uh, in addition to our, our strength in metals, we've expanded uh, our capabilities in um, and scale and precision machining of polymer-based implants and inter- instruments. So this would include ultra-high molecular weight polyethylene and Radel and Peak. And Tikamet has specifically uh, recently invested $4 million in uh, improvements and, and additional equipment in our Cork, Ireland facility to accommodate this growing long-term market demand. Uh, these investments include uh, top-of-the-line milling and automation technology for manufacturing the products, as well as the latest finishing and metrology systems. And we're, in addition, looking at expanding our overall space and looking for additional uh, footprint to add more capabilities and breadth uh, you know, to service the polymer uh, space. Great. And finally, as I said earlier, Otigamet's been in the medtech sector for a long time. You must have a great perspective on where the industry is going. Yes, Tom, we do see uh, our customers increasingly uh, asking TikaMed about opportunities to, to partner on end-to-end solutions, including uh, handling product design, upfront validation, regulatory approvals, prototyping, and then the production scale-up, as well as uh, more opportunities for packaging and labeling for dock-to-stock distribution of finished products. So TikaMed is well-positioned to be a partner of choice uh, on this journey because we have a long history of operating best-in-class quality systems, managing design control for complex instruments, mastering a broad array of technically challenging processes uh, at large scale. And we operate multiple clean rooms for packaging and labeling of implants and instruments already for a wide variety of uh, medtech products. So we're bullish on uh, the future direction and then being able to be a a valuable partner on this journey with our, uh, our large customers. Fantastic. Thanks, Art Burkout, and thank you, Tikamet, for sponsoring this episode of Striker Talks. Once again, if you'd like more information about Tikamet, you can go to its website, tikomet.com. That is T-E-C-O-M-E-T dot com. Is the shoulder, as joints go, is it is it the one that requires the, the most type of planning. I don't know if they're all the same or if they're all different. You see knees, I think knees are mostly the same or hips. I don't, maybe I'm being ignorant about that, but shoulders just seem to be a, a, a really challenging design. Is that the case? Yeah, shoulder is, is certainly complex and it's, and it's a newer frontier. So total shoulders have not been around for quite as long as, as total knees and certainly far fewer of them have been done. As such, it's, it's part of what makes the upper extremity space so exciting mm-hmm. is that every technology improvement that we can make really matters. And we continue to you know, find new innovations to improve how surgery is done. 
And as I mentioned today, we've got Blueprint, but we're at continually adding things like mixed reality uh, visualization to enable surgeons to perform the procedure, you know, utilizing software, including 3D holographic, holographic view of the you know, patient's preoperative plans that allow the surgeon to really see what they're going to do in advance and to almost do the surgery before the patient ever arrives. Wow. Amazing. So let's uh, let's do. We've talked about right a little bit as part of Striker, but let's talk about the the process that brought them in in house. Were you involved with the the discussions about the acquisition at all? I mean, you obviously had known right and had competed with them. At what point did you know they were coming into Striker, being part of Striker? Yes, Striker had closely monitored right for a long time, and I think that most people in the industry knew that right was going to be a great acquisition for somebody. In early 2019, I had the chance to work a bit behind the scenes with a team that did the due diligence on Wright Medical. So I had a, a bit of a preview on the company, and that was in advance of me formally coming over to the trauma and extremities business. But I think as the company anticipated the deal being a possibility, it helped maybe accelerate my move over to trauma and extremities, which has been a really exciting time to be a part of the business. I bet. You know, as part of that due diligence, we certainly recognized that that Wright Medical was a clear market leader in shoulder, and they were running neck and neck with Stryker at the time in the foot and ankle space. So we knew how good their products were, and we knew that they had some established brand awareness. Uh, but I think the things that we've really come to appreciate even more is that they are stacked with talent and they had a really deep pipeline as well. So we've been the beneficiaries of not just a great brand in the marketplace, but with great people and a great uh, future pipeline of products as well. That's great. Well, let's talk about the the integration process, but we talked to earlier on an earlier episode, our first episode of Striker Talks with Spencer Stiles. He talked a bit about what goes into a good integration. What does go in, into a good integration? You've got the, the products which you knew about. I suppose it'd be easier just to say, we'll take those and we'll sell them ourselves but you mentioned the great people as well. How do you sort of go through assessing the entire company as the deal goes through and then incorporating them into what you're doing at Stryker? Yeah, well, I appreciate your, your conversation with Spencer. Really enjoyed listening to that. And, and, you know, I think one of the things that he noted was that this was, you know, the largest acquisition in Stryker's history, but it's also been referred to as one of the fastest of scaled integrations in med tech history. And we had the opportunity to watch other large integrations in the industry and watch some of the things that worked well and things that didn't work well. So we were students of, of the past. And so we're able to employ a lot of, I think, best practices and learn from some of maybe some, some failures or missteps in, in other places. And we were glad to be able to have incorporated some of those things. But, you know, from just looking at Right Medical, you know, they really strengthened our global market position in trauma and extremities, providing significant opportunities to advance innovation and reach more patients. Um, Wright Medical had a highly complimentary portfolio and customer base to Stryker's existing trauma extremities business. But they were already market leaders to a large extent in both of those markets. And coupled with our existing portfolio, we became clear number ones in, in both the extremities categories. It also allowed us within our business to become more specialized. So we were able to stand up three definitive business units serving three different specialized customers, one being trauma, one being foot and ankle, and one being upper extremities. So how did you go about sort of blending those two cultures? How different were the cultures? How much integration was required? And, and how, does a, how does a blending go on effectively? 
Yeah. Well, you know, as I mentioned, we, you know, gained some remarkable talent from Wright. And what we've done together is really created a fresh, energized culture within striker trauma and extremities. And we blended our leaders across the businesses to build our A teams. So we really have the best of what was at Wright and the best of what was at Striker across all three of these businesses and ultimately across our entire division. But there's some very key similarities in our businesses. One was we both were passionate about taking care of customers. We both believed in specialization. We both have believed in innovation. And we both cared about being number one. And so when you sort of blend all those ingredients and find the common ground, even though the two companies were competitors, people were able to put their their past aside pretty quickly and knew that, hey, if I'm going to line up with someone, that's the team that I want to line up with. So bringing those two organizations together, I think was, uh, it was no small feat, Tom, but we've done it. And I think we're, we've done it uh, very, very well. Great. We had had uh, several of your colleagues at our Device Talks Boston meeting recently. They had a great panel about Striker's digital strategy, and, and uh, we talked a bit about Mako and Gauss. Where does Blueprint sort of fit into the digital strategy more broadly? Is it is it a technology that can be applied to other areas within Striker? Is it something that's unique for the shoulder and, and only applicable to the shoulder? Do you see any value in leveraging the Blueprint technology? Because it sounds really, really cool. It's a great question. I'm glad you got a chance to see that that team at the Boston conference. But Blueprint, in its very core, is is virtual planning. It collects data and it provides visualization. So, from a virtual planning standpoint, it allows a surgeon to prepare for a case before they ever enter the operating room. So, our reps and the surgeons are very calculated, well in advance, so they can anticipate not just how that patient is going to look on the table. They're able to prepare implants and instruments accordingly, which makes the whole process much more efficient uh, once they get into that operating room. Mixed reality visualization, which is today in, in limited market release, enables the surgeon to perform the procedure utilizing our software and to be able to take that preoperative plan and actually go execute on it in the operating room. It also allows us to do things like patient matched implants. So this is a complete game changer in having personalized medicine, Tom. We're able to take the patient's anatomy and, and customize an implant for their anatomy. And to me, this allows that surgeon to go treat that patient specifically to them and their needs. So they create a base plate for their anatomy and it just really is, is perfect. But to your question about being able to use Blueprint in other ways, today we don't. Today, it's, it's focused on the shoulder. However, that team, that competency serves as a foundation that we can scale that. So today, we are actively looking at how do we apply some of the benefits of Blueprint in other areas like the foot and the ankle uh, or other areas of the body as well. We've also been able to take some of the team that has some unique skill set as well and be able to apply their talents in other areas around enabling tech as well, which is proving to be a big impact. Terrific. And just the final question, uh, let's talk a bit about, about the future. What does the future look like for trauma and where do you see growth in that area? Well, the trauma business in particular, we start at the very core, which is teaching institutions, uh, where our customers are first introduced to orthopedic implants and they train on procedures. And we want them to train on striker products and look at being the place where they learn about striker nails, striker external fixation, and striker plates and screws. So that's really at the very core. 
When I think about our portfolio right now, we've got a really good portfolio. We're a market leader in nailing, uh, which is our Gamma product. This is the one that goes back a few decades. We're on the verge of, of launching Gamma 4, which is taking something that's already the best and making it even better. Uh, it's really the cornerstone of who Striker Trauma is, and it's, it's woven into our identity. But the Gamma 4 launch will be the culmination of many years of experience and customer collaboration, and we're excited to be able to put that to market. And we will continue as well to innovate in, in areas where we don't have as much of a presence uh, across the orthopedic portfolio, make sure that we can expand our, our footprint even further. I also think about things like humanitarian efforts that seem to come up on a, on a sadly on a regular basis. We've got opportunities to provide equipment and support through you know, partners like the Foundation of Orthopedic Trauma, which is called the FOT, where most recently we've been able to deliver uh, lots of trauma products to the people in Ukraine via Poland. Things like our Hoffman external fixators, wow. our small fragment sets, our, our large fragment sets, and even wound uh, vacs. So we make sure that when there's an opportunity, we are stepping up to help around the world. I hadn't even thought to ask about that, but that's, uh, that's great that uh, they're getting the, the help they need. And Mike, what opportunities do you see for growth in the extremity space? And then Tom, on the foot and ankle side, a big focal point has been ambulatory surgery centers. Uh, these surgeons want us to skate where the puck is going to be. And we've got strategies that are very specific to them and supporting their ability to do surgery in the outpatient setting. Uh, so we've been working closely with that surgeon community as well as our own ASC team to support that. And then one of the biggest areas of opportunity uh, in the foot and ankle business for us is to continue to, to leverage our differentiation in biologics. Uh, this is a big piece of the foot and ankle uh, procedure in the market segment. And fortunately, we have an amazing portfolio to support that. What are the greatest opportunities overall you see for the trauma and extremities business? Well, first and foremost, to accelerate growth, we need to continue to focus on our people and our culture. Uh, striker trauma and extremities is a destination for top talent. And today we're less reliant on where somebody lives and we want to make sure we're able to uh, reach into that global talent pool and attract talent from everywhere. We want the best here. Uh, we want to create a really uh, empowered workforce that has a thriving culture. And to me, that's the biggest strength that we could have to ensure that we can continue to grow in the future and serve our customers the best possible way. And also at, at Trauma Extremities, we're really focused on diversity, equity, inclusion. We are committed to that. We've got programs that we believe are making healthcare better, not just with our own workforce, but we're also closely partnering with customers and societies to expand and create more opportunities for those that are diverse, uh, including medical education and training programs, development projects, and overall awareness. And we're really proud of what we're doing here. But this ultimately, Tom, is the foundation of who we are, making sure that our talent and our culture stands and is strong. And uh, if we do that really, really well, we believe we'll have the best people here that can serve our customers even, even better. All right. That's great, Mike. Thanks for the overview of trauma and extremities. And uh, thank you for joining us in the podcast. Hey, Tom, thanks for having me. Really enjoy listening to your podcast. Thank you. Well, that is a wrap. Thanks so much to Mike Panos for joining us on the podcast. Thanks, of course, to our sponsor, TicoMet. And finally, thanks to you, our Striker Talks listeners, for joining us on this episode of Striker Talks. Please don't miss a future episode of Striker Talks. Subscribe to the Device Talks Podcast Network, and you'll have future episodes of this podcast, of Intuitive Talks, and, of course, of our flagship Device Talks Weekly sent directly to your listening device. 
Also, please do share this podcast on social media. Make sure you tag me. I am Tom Salemi. You can find me on LinkedIn and on Twitter, where I am uh, known as at MedTechTom. And of course, please copy Stryker as well. We'd love to have them as part of the conversation. Thanks again for listening. Please don't forget to subscribe, but most important, tune in next time. We'll have another great episode of the Striker Talks podcast waiting for you. 